0: Hello Texans and welcome to the program that takes you inside NRG Stadium in the Hyundai Texans radio studio across the hall from the locker room. It's Texans All Access. I'm Mark Vandermeer, your host tonight. Coming up later in the show, Kevin Kugler, play-by-play Westwood One Sunday Night Football and also our preseason games in the Big Ten Network. Let's discuss some things with him. But to open the show, as always, on a Thursday, it's the general John McLean from the Houston Chronicle. John, welcome. Great to have you aboard. Tough week coming off the loss to Carolina. Atlanta on the horizon. Back-to-back games against teams from the NFC South. And a lot of pressure as a lot of teams are feeling it this week as we head into week five.
1: This is the Falcons' third consecutive game against the AFC South. I think they get Jacksonville at the end of the season. And Dan Quinn's under a lot of pressure. Hadn't made the playoffs the last two years after going to the Super Bowl and winning a playoff game the next year, and now everybody wants them fired because they're 1-3. One, one of the things about the Texans, and I think a lot of people are so disappointed, everybody gets so fired up after that Chargers game. To go out there, fall behind, come from behind. Deshaun Watson, 351 yards, three touchdowns, one touchdown rushing. Defense stopped Phillip Rivers on downs to win the game. A lot of people are saying that's the best road win in Bill O'Brien's career. Everybody got fired up for the Carolina game. I even picked him to win by seven. And then to come in and have such a crushing offensive performance, and to lose to the Panthers and Kyle Allen. It's not like it was Cam Newton at his finest. So people are really down, but the good thing, Mark, about the NFL is you can bounce back, and and some days you're the bug, some days you're the windshield. (laughs) There's amazing how many visiting teams pulled upsets in the game last week. Oakland going to the Colts and winning. How do you figure Right. Mariota, everybody wanted him benched. He goes to Atlantis, three touchdown passes in the first half. He looked totally different. The mustache pulls out, a, overcomes a 14-point deficit at Denver, and Kyle Allen with that great performance against the Texans. So um, Texans need to bounce back with the road games upcoming against Kansas City and Indy. I thought the Texans would be 2-2 two and two after 4. But I thought they'd lose to the Chargers and beat the Panthers, so uh, I thought they'd win this one, be three-two, then be three-three, then be five and three, with a chance to, with Andrew Luck retiring to win the last two before the midway point. And I and I thought all along before Luck retired, four and four at the midway point would be good because the second half of the schedule, uh, Tom Brady notwithstanding, it, the schedule was easier. And then when Luck retired, I thought, you know what, they may have a chance to be 5-3 and three at the midway point and be even better over the second half, and they still can.
0: They still can be there. They can still hold serve, and I agree with you. That would be a really nice situation for this team if they can go 5-3 and three at the halfway point. But as we all know, as you pointed out in the NFL, anything can happen. I think one thing you pointed out there was defensively, you said offensive performance, not where you needed it to be on Sunday. Defensively, they played well, and they've been playing well. They've been getting after the quarterback. That's good. That's going to come in handy here on Sunday. And one thing about their offense, John, that I like is that it's not like you have Tom Savage playing quarterback. Sorry, Tom. You have Deshaun Watson, who can erupt at any time. So it's good. You have some assets here, and you really have to find a way to put it all together on Sunday.
1: One touchdown at the charges of more than 15-yard drive. One touchdown touchdown. Uh, against the Panthers that was set up by uh, DeAndre Hopkins' interception. And they've got 13 sacks. They're on a pace for 52, which would break the team record of 45, set in 2015. I'll tell you a really strange thing, Mark. Last two games, Watson's thrown for 159, 160 yards there. The three times that he threw for less than 160 yards in his career, they won each game. Mm. Cincinnati, the first start, Jacksonville last year when he was playing with a collapsed lung and a broken rib, and then this year against the Jaguars. So this was the first time that uh, he had lost a game. I expect him to bounce back, but for some reason, Watson's been playing better on the road than at home, and in the past, it was just the opposite. He played well both but he would tear it up at home, the five touchdown passes last year, five against Kansas City, That unbelievable performance against the Titans and Browns. So he could light it up. Falcons have only have five sacks in four games, and uh, Matt Ryan has been sacked ten times. He also has thrown six interceptions, and they are minus five in turnover ratio. Their running game is only averaging 70 yards a game. But he's loaded with receivers. And it's strange to me that the Texans, with Whitney Merciless and J.J. White, getting after the quarterback so well, no DB's got an interception. They don't have an interception in three games. The only one was Whitney Merciless in the first game.
0: Yeah, it's funny because you're right. They're getting the ball out, but it's not via the pick. And I think that last week, look, Kyle Allen did what he needed to do. He did cough it up three times with the strip sacks. But he made the big throw at the end of the game and he made the throw that was a juggling catch by Christian McCaffrey. I asked Bill O'Brien about it on Monday about these young quarterbacks coming in here play ready. I mean they are ready to go, maybe not to be consistent 16 game really productive starters, but they can get the job done on at least a limited basis. It's
1: a backup quarterback thing right now. Teddy Bridgewater 2 and 0 is one at Seattle beat the Cowboys. Uh they're they're getting a chance to play and they're taking advantage of it, people are asking, well, what happens if the mustache keeps winning and Nick Foles is healthy? Would they keep him on the bench? I said, I don't think so. I think they paid Foles for a reason. That was to be their quarterback. And it's not like Menchie's throwing for 300 yards. He's making big plays, and that's great. Just like right now, you'd have to say, the Panthers' offense is better with Kyle Allen than Cam Newton, but as soon as Newton's healthy, he's back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And and the best thing, the young guys, like Minshew, they're not going anywhere. Teddy Bridgewater, who I think is the highest paid backup, he's trying to be a starter again, and this is a great opportunity for him, and he's off to a good start. There's a lot of good teams, and there's some really bad teams, and then there's a lot right in the middle. Texans are in the middle, and they need to take that next step and have a winning record.
0: Got to take the next step somehow, some way. Matt Ryan, John, he's always been a tough quarterback to figure. Really good at times, MVP. In 2016, when they went to the Super Bowl and lost here to the New England Patriots, I remember early on in his career when Matt Schaub was here, you thought, well, Matt Schaub's better than Matt Ryan, and now Schaub is his backup. Kind of an interesting dynamic there, but you have Schaub coming back to Houston as an opponent of the Texans, and Matt Ryan, who's under fire right now. I don't know if it's him personally. it's really more like the team, and he's not getting the kind of protection he needs because that O-line is backed up.
1: They are. They invested heavily in it. I think first two draft choices weren't they linemen, and Mm -hmm. one of them's out, but they have not. And they got Alex Mack at center and Jake Matthews at left tackle. They can't run. You got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, and they're tied in. Austin Hooper's catching a lot of balls. Right. So he's got a lot of receivers, and I guess it's difficult to want to run Mm -hmm. with Devontae Freeman. And, uh, Man, I just thought that last time the Texans played them in Atlanta.
0: Yeah. Whew. Not good.
1: And then the last time Falcons were here, I asked Dan Quinn, are there a lot of bad memories here? Because they blew that fourth quarter lead and lost the Super Bowl in overtime and they've been their record since then is I think five hundred. And uh so I think Ryan's gonna throw a lot of passes. They gotta get him. And it's gonna be hard for the guys covering, but Romeo Cornell's defense is due to the old Bend, but don't break. Give up a lot of yards, but don't let them score touchdowns. They've done a good job of that, and I look for them to do it more. I think they'll run well. I look for Watson to bounce back. I look for a high, pretty high-scoring game and a lot of passing yards.
0: John, it is week five, and I think that whatever happens this week could change the answer to this question, but what's the best story on the Texans right now? Is it Whitney Merciless with a start he's off to?
1: Yes, because – you know he's already eclipsed last year's four sacks he was playing out of position he also was had nagging injuries he said the injuries didn't hold him back yeah you know, he was a good soldier i asked him in camp Did you ever question Romeo and why you were being dropped into coverage and not being used in more passing situations? He said, nope, I just do my job, and it's paying off because it's the last year of his contract. He's 29 years old, and he has been great. Keep hearing every time you turn on the TV, Khalil Mack this, Khalil Mack that. Pahlil Max the early season defensive player of the year. And Max playing great. He's had a couple of national TV appearances. But I can't imagine anybody playing better, not just as a pass rusher, but forcing turnovers. And he has the team's only interception, which prevented a possible touchdown at New Orleans. And Shaq, Bar- Shaq Barrett, is that his name? Yeah, who's with Tampa, has got nine sacks so far. But I don't think he's forced turnovers like Whitney Merciless has. And there's not a finer guy to uh, you'd want to reap the rewards than Merciless, who's been an incredible teammate, great in the community. Everybody's happy for Whitney.
0: Bigger surprise as far as near misses. Near misses on the deep balls to Fuller and Hopkins last week by Watson or JJ Watt unable to get Kyle Allen down on that sack. And I I credit Kyle Allen there. I mean Watt was right there. You, most guys are going to go down, but it happened and it was costly at the end. Even though I know the defense only gave up sixteen points.
1: That's one of the things JJ. He did it. And he's looking at his hands like. He'd like he dropped something mm-hmm. and slipped through his hands.
0: Allen looked like Deshaun Watson. And, and <laughs> he,
1: I saw him interviewed on either ESPN or the NFL Network about that and fearing for his life. And But when Fuller's behind the coverage and you overthrow him and Hopkins is behind the coverage and you overthrow him, I think one of those. Because Watson, a member of the Jacksonville game, threw a perfect pass to Fuller behind the coverage and he dropped it. Mm. Any of those, either one of those last week, we wouldn't be. Everybody in town wouldn't be so discouraged.
0: Yep, and there is some discouragement out there, and as we all know, it's a week to week thing. You can win Sunday and get people right back aboard, then you get ready for Kansas City. That's a whole other subject. We'll tackle it when they Ooh. get to it. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, we don't need to do that right now, now. They
1: were on the verge of being upset too. Yeah, but they did what they had to do in Detroit to pull it out. And right now, Patrick Mahomes is playing on a scale above everybody else, and guess who's supposed to be coming back? Tyreek Hill.
0: Yeah, really great. Thanks. Just in time for the Texans game next week. Also, when Kenny Stills goes out last week, there you have Will Fuller, Kiki QT, and DeAndre Hopkins healthy, and that's been really the dream. I mean, Stills has been magnificent for this team since being acquired from Miami, but that was a little bit of a surprise to me that they couldn't get more done with those guys. However, John, after a week of practice, you would expect this passing game with whatever they have to work with. They'll know what they have to work with going into Sunday, whether it's with or without Stills. They should be a lot better.
1: The Panthers had a great game plan, and they and they executed it perfectly. Keep everybody in front of them. Not Hopkins, Fuller, QT, or Aikens even averaged nine yards a catch. Now, Stills caught two and averaged, I think, what was it, two, averaged 12, and he pulled up with a hamstring injury. And when you limp out of bounds, I don't think you're playing the next week. And one of the reasons they wanted him is he's been so durable with Miami. Yeah. And the hmm. Texans have nine completions at 30 or more yards, second to Kansas City. And Kenny Stills has four, and that's tied for the league lead. That guy is a great deep threat. And ordinarily, you'd be, wow, this is great. Kiki QT's back, and he's healthy. He could work the middle of the field. But, man, oh, man. Steals is a much more dangerous weapon down the field. Plus, he plays inside and outside.
0: John McClain is with us. The opening segment, one gigantic hot read presented by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. More with the general as we bounce around the league. Get you ready for the Thursday nighter. The rest of the AFC South, which is 2-2. Two and two. That's all you need to know. Everybody's 2-2. Two and two. It's Texans Radio. In the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, Mark Vandermeer with John McClain, Texans All-Access, Kevin Kugler coming up next segment. And our injury of the day, not that we want to suffer from this, but information on high ankle sprains, which are worse than they sound. Sounds like a high ankle sprain, that should be pretty easy. It's not. We'll talk about it next segment. Anyway, the general with us as the Rams will visit the Seahawks tonight. This is a pretty good Thursday night matchup, John.
1: One of the biggest – can you think of a bigger surprise so far than the Buccaneers who gave away a game at home to Daniel Jones, yep. go across the country and put 55 on Wade Phillips' defense? 55. Has Wade ever had a 55 put on his defense? To me, of all the things I've seen at the quarter point, a lot of surprises, nothing surprised me more. Seattle, I think Russell Wilson is 8-1. and one. So he's got it in prime time at home. Mm-hmm. And so I that think means something. Seattle's going to win that game, but then Seattle lost to New Orleans two weeks ago with Teddy Bridgewater, but I still think they'll win the game, and the Rams people will be panicking that the Rams have lost two games already. Mm-hmm. Going into that game, there were a lot of questions about their offense, and Sean McVay was taking the blame, and then they scored 40 and get beat by 15.
0: Weren't the Bucks in the – No, they weren't in the NFC West, were they? What were they in? Because it was the Saints, the Rams, the Niners. Seahawks weren't in it. I think they were in the NFC West.
1: I can't even remember.
0: The old division.
1: There were a lot of teams that were playing out of whack.
0: Because Seattle was in the AFC West back in the day. My goodness. And the Astros were in the NL Central. Oh, my gosh.
1: I like Seattle playing at home in this game. I think they're going to win.
0: Okay. Anyway, let's get to the rest of them. John, the Patriots, every week they're playing somebody like the Redskins that has either no wins or very few or doesn't look good at all, and here they are in the nation's capital. Jake Rudin, is he gone after this game, the next game? When does that happen? Our good buddy Tony Wiley's no longer with the organization. You know, they lost a reported something like 40 employees since last year or the last 18 months or something in the front office, and that includes business operations and everything. It's a weird time to be a Redskin.
1: Last week, the Washington Post said that Jay Gruden could be fired if he lost. Well, you can say could be fired. I could say Bill O'Brien could be getting an extension if he beats Atlanta. And then if he didn't, I'd say, hey, I said could. I didn't see wood. So now they're saying, I think it's Stephen A. Smith that said he will be fired if he loses this game. I'm never in favor of midseason season Coaching changes because you never say this publicly, but you're the Redskins and you're terrible. Just keep Jake Gruden, keep losing, get a higher draft choice, and the Patriots. Let's see, they've gotten to play Miami, the Jets, the Bills, and now Washington. That should be that should be illegal.
0: They need better competition. I think they'll and get they it at some point. And they play Kansas
1: City but, up there.
0: By the way, Tampa was in the NFC Central back in the day. Oh, yeah. The NFC Central, okay? So I was a little bit wrong about that. All right, back to the games here. John, the Patriots have a close win against Buffalo, and they're being criticized in New England because they haven't won by enough in certain situations, or it hasn't looked good even against Miami. It, did, it should have looked better. New England. Yeah, I know. Be- it's got to be beautiful. Uh, a win isn't enough here. There's, uh, I mean, some of the headlines, even after – the three and O start. We're still concerned about the Patriots, despite a three and O start. Your thoughts on their situation?
1: Their defense is playing great with Bill Belichick coaching it. He took it over after Greg Ciano bolted after a month with them, and you're seeing why Bill Belichick was a great coordinator. They've been tremendous. And then you got Brady. You got a good running game. I don't know what people want, but that whenever they play Kansas City. In Foxborough, that's going to be the game of the year because right now they are clearly the two best teams in the NFL. All right. in and the, the Texans play both.
0: In the AFC South, the Jaguars and Panthers get together. We're very familiar with these two teams. So you have the mustache facing Kyle Allen. You have the two backup quarterbacks going at it in Charlotte. This should be actually a pretty interesting game.
1: It should be because of that. Uh, I picked Carolina to win it because they were at home. They've gotten beat at home once or twice. And I don't – I think Gardner Minshew is the story of the year in the NFL just because of who he is, where he's from, the way he looks, stretching in the dressing room in his jock strap, which everybody talks about. One of his teammates, Nick, said their nickname for him is the jock strap, which I guess they shortened to the – stay strap. But everybody else going back to college, they called him the Mississippi mustache mm-hmm. and shortened it to mustache. I think it's a great story. And I'm happy because I'm tired of Jalen Ramsey. You know, now they're saying he's hurt. And, uh, it looks like he's quit on his team because he wants to be traded. I hope they keep winning mm-hmm. and just keep him on the, keep him out. And, uh, uh, But that is a great story, and I hope they continue to win.
0: I can't imagine what it would be like to have that kind of thing going on around here. We have a player who might be healthy, and he's just sort of watching. All right, the Titans hosting the Bills. John, Tennessee, we talked about them last segment a little bit. Talked about the game where they beat Atlanta soundly. Mariota looked like a different quarterback. What happened in that one, and what do you think of this Bills-Tennessee matchup this Sunday?
1: They've only committed one turnover in four games. And Mariota had played poorly. They'd lost two in a row. Everybody wanted him benched for Ryan Tannehill. And then he throws three touchdown passes in the first half against Atlanta. And they held on and won by 10 because their defense played great. Matt Ryan threw for a lot of yards, but no touchdowns. I believe Ryan had the longest touchdown streak in the NFL in 18 games, and it was stopped. So how do you figure Tennessee, you go to Cleveland, you beat them up, you come home, you lose twice, you go to Atlanta, you're the underdog, you win again. And right now, everybody could win the division and everybody could finish last.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, the way things went last week, uh, you'd hope that the Texans, who should be favored to do this thing, can get the job done. But nothing is certain as we know in this league. All right, elsewhere, the Colts are at the Chiefs. Texans will be in Kansas City Next week, this is a Sunday night game, obviously, when it was on the schedule. When it was put on the schedule, they figured Andrew Luck would be playing. But here you have Jacoby Brissett. And what do you think of the Colts going to Kansas City and trying to survive?
1: They didn't lose at home to Oakland because of him. He threw three touchdown passes. He brought them within seven two times in the fourth quarter. Did
0: have a pick six that was costly near the no, end. that's true.
1: Despite, despite losing T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, mm. And uh one other offensive. Those are player big names though right
0: there. Hilton and Mac alone will And they hurt. still
1: kept coming back. But the Raiders who would who would have thunk it? Who would've thought the Raiders could muster up whatever it took to pull leave Indy with a victory? I'm guessing Indy's thinking about Kansas City and not Oakland, which you always have to worry about but Kansas City should stomp them in Arrowhead Stadium.
0: Don't look ahead in this league. You're crazy. All right, Ravens at Steelers, great rivalry. Everybody talks about it, and Mason Rudolph looked good. Monday night, the Steelers have not lost a Monday night game since before the Clinton administration, and the Ravens are coming off a weird loss at home to the Cleveland Browns, who all of a sudden are well.
1: Isn't it amazing? Cleveland stunk it up. Everybody's killing them. It still bothers me. Once again, Baker Mayfield's talking about the media after the game. Sure. He's obsessed with the media, paying way too much attention to the media when he ought to be focused on the game. But it was a great win for the Browns. Lamar Jackson didn't throw the ball very well. So that division, other than Cincinnati, any of them could win it. Uh, Mason Rudolph played they had a conservative game plan. He played well enough. They ran the ball, and uh, I picked I picked the Steelers to win. I never picked against them at home, and I think they'll get back in it, and they'll have a three-way race. And, of course, the Bengals, one of the worst teams in the league, but that's going to be a fun one to watch.
0: Browns at 49ers, thoughts?
1: 49ers are 3-0. and Browns are 2-2. and I still don't believe in the 49ers. If they win this game, I'll start to believe in them. But right now, I think I picked. I, I think I picked the Browns to go out there and win.
0: I think there's some really competitive games. They might not bust the marquee, but like Vikings at Giants, that's a competitive game right there. The Vikings have to find a way to get going, and the Giants are kind of going.
1: The they, one reason they brought Gary Kubiak in was to help with Kirk Cousins. And Why isn't that working? Give them balance. They got balance to run the ball great with Dalvin Cook, but. They brought Kubiak in here to work wonders with David Carr, and he couldn't do it, and it got rid of him in a year. But Cousins has some ability he here; does, he's done it before. But he has the same problem in Minnesota he had against Washington, in games against teams that could be classified as good, his record is awful, like mm. ten, two and nine. So he's going to the Giants. They've won two in a row with rookie quarterback Daniel Jones. I picked the Giants to win, but it's a game the Vikings should win if they want to be legitimate contenders to return to the playoffs and to win the NFC North over Green Bay and Chicago.
0: Bears at Raiders. So you have Chase Daniel. And you have Derek Carr. We're going to see the Raiders here in a couple of, well, three weeks. Is it three, four, something? I don't know. Before the Texans go to London. the
1: first half of the season.
0: I don't want to look that far ahead, but they will be here. Trust me. Anyway, what do you think of this one?
1: Bears defense is playing great. Chase Daniels made 30 something million dollars as a backup quarterback. They don't want him starting two or three games in a row. But some people think they're not worse off with him than Mitchell Trubisky because he's not going to make mistakes. He may not make big plays, but he's going to not make mistakes, and they're going to rely heavily on their defense. Have you
0: ever heard Charlie Weiss on the morning show on Sirius XM NFL Radio?
1: I do listen to him sometime.
0: I mean, I just want to feed the guy three, four cups of coffee. Please, Charlie, drink some coffee. He's not bad. He's not bad. But it's – you know, they're doing the shows from their houses – like guys, you gotta you gotta rev up a little bit here, you know. You you're on the air. Let's have a little energy. Jeez. Anyway, he was talking about how he thought the Bears were better off maybe with Chase Daniel. That was his professional opinion. And I find
1: that hard to believe, considering they were what 12 and four last year. Yeah. And even though Trubisky wasn't great, he was good enough. Mm-hmm. And I would not if Chase Daniel if they were better off with Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel would be a starting quarterback in the NFL.
0: John, Cowboys put up 10 points at New Orleans. Texans put up 28, but neither was in a win. So what do you think here as the Cowboys host the Packers this week?
1: Cowboys defense played great in New Orleans. The offense did not. They shut down Elliott. Dak Prescott had his first bad game. It happens to quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And after one bad game, I'm watching NFL Live on ESPN, and they're saying, oh, he doesn't deserve the $37 million. And I'm thinking last week you said he did.
0: Yeah. Well, just like last week, we know what the talk was around here, and this week it's different, and that's life in the National Football League. General, what do you have going on in the Chronicle? Uh,
1: we've got, uh, uh, I've got my preview on Sunday. I have a tribute to Bob McNair on Friday with my memories of Bob who's being inducted into the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got stories, columns, and probably have a little Astros coverage.
0: A little Astros a little coverage. Astros Good luck covers. to them. Tomorrow, 1 o'clock, they will play Tampa Bay. All right, thank you, General. Thank you, Mark. If the Texans score two or more touchdowns, and they didn't do that last week, let's hope they do it this week, head to your closest Jack-in-the-Box the next day for your free Texans Jumbo Jack with a large drink purchase that's Jack-in-the-Box. Okay, coming up, Kevin Kugler, voice of Westwood One Sunday Night Football. We'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff with him, and the Masters does work its way into the conversation. Trust me on this. And... We'll discuss injuries with our Houston Methodist segment. It's quick and it's informative, and I think you should be a part of it. It's next on Texans Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, the general has left the building. John McClain, thanks to him for being on. And that's an old play on the saying, Elvis has left the building. They used to say that after Elvis concerts. Kids, Elvis Presley was a singer. Jeez, dated reference much? Oh, my gosh. Tyler Marcon, our TV video expert, is in here Laughing because he's wondering who Elvis Presley was. Dated reference city, I'm going to get fined. Anyway, Texans and Falcons on Sunday. Now, calling the game on Sunday night with the Colts and the Chiefs is Kevin Kugler on national radio. It'll be on Sports Radio 610. They carry the game after we're done with our game day programming. And Kevin also does a great job doing preseason TV for us. So that's fun to watch him on ABC 13 when you're not listening to me. I really encourage you to listen to me more, but Kugler's great. He's on the Big Ten Network as well. Let's welcome him in. Kevin Kugler with us on Texans Radio. And, Kevin, when you're calling one of these national games, i got to think, it's not about winning. It's about close, close, dramatic games. Like last week you had a 12-10 game. Yeah, low scoring, but at least it was close going into the fourth quarter. Is it that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, it is. It's one of those where if you go into and you know this, if you go into a game – And you have something exciting to talk about in the fourth quarter, that's usually a pretty successful night. Now, and I don't, unlike you guys, I don't have a rooting interest in who wins or loses on these games. So for me, the rooting interest is can I be compelled to enjoy the game even longer than normal? And that was the case on Sunday night. It was, it was not one that I, you know, you're not going to hang that game in the Louvre. It was kind of ugly, kind of sloppy. Some plays were made at the end that, it, like picking a sack late in the game from Teddy Bridgewater that knocks you out of field goal range that one would question. Uh, but it was a, an entertaining game. The atmosphere, as you guys know from New Orleans time, is, is just great. It's it's always exciting in New Orleans. And the the Saints got a big win. And now the Cowboys have to figure out, okay, where's our offense? It had shown up big in the first three weeks, but it questioned a little bit about who they had played in the first three weeks. Now they've played – a legit playoff contender, and things didn't go very well for the Cowboys.
0: I have to ask you about Atlanta because you did Atlanta and Philly, and Atlanta won that game, and they're not doing so well against the AFC South. And I really hope that continues on Sunday when they visit <laughs> here. So, what do you think of them, though? They won the game that you did in the Sunday nighter, but they lose to Tennessee at home this past week, and they had a loss to Indy as well.
2: Yeah, they're they're a head scratcher because I look at that team and their talent outstrips their results for me so far i still think matt ryan's an excellent quarterback he's really good in home openers which is probably why they won that game because he just dominates. I think he's 11 and one now in home openers so clearly that will not impact the game this weekend in houston in any way shape or form but you've got one of the best wide receivers in the game in julio jones i say one of the best because i think the best lives in houston you've got Devonte freeman who is I think a very talented running back? You've got several guys who can you know, move the football if you need to. Mohamed Sanu is a nice complimentary guy. I just this is an interesting time for Atlanta Falcons football because they looked terrible in the opener against Minnesota. They were pretty good against Philly, and then losing at Indy and then losing last week to Tennessee is a real head scratcher. This is a this is a big game for Dan Quinn and Atlanta this weekend. They were grumbling down there after week one when they lost 28-12 to Minnesota. The grumbles are growing louder around Dan Quinn in his fifth year. This is a really big opportunity for the Falcons this weekend. If they come on the road to Houston and they fall short, they've got Arizona, they got the Rams in Seattle to close out the month of October. That's not an easy stretch. This could be a real problem for Dan Quinn. I think it's a pivotal game for the Falcons in his tenure right now.
0: Kevin Kugler, Westwood One, joining us on Texans Radio. Okay, this Sunday you have the Colts and Kansas City. What do you make of this one?
2: This Chiefs team is fantastic. And you saw last week they played the Lions. They didn't play their best game at any level. I mean, there were problems on offense. There were problems on defense, even with the score that they put up on the board. But I think you saw what Patrick Mahomes is going to be, which is a one. He's a franchise quarterback for the next decade. The Chiefs are, you hear this a lot in baseball. Oh, their window is open. They've got, you know, this core of young players in baseball. So their window to compete is open in the NFL. When you've got a good, talented young quarterback, your window is open. The Chiefs have that window open right now because Patrick Mahomes is fantastic and the Colts to me have been maybe a little better than anticipated in the preseason after Andrew Luck decided to step aside. This Indy team is intriguing. This is a tough test, though. I mean, you've played, you've been in Kansas City. You know how that atmosphere is. It's one of the loudest places in the NFL, especially at night. And they're coming off a game in which they would all say was not their best game. Tough test for Indy this weekend to try to go into Kansas City and knock off a Chiefs team that feels like they got to win even when they didn't play their best, but now they're ready to play their best.
0: Yeah, and they pulled one out of the fire, like you said. And the Patriots were at Buffalo, and they got the win. It wasn't easy at times. And, in fact, they're taking some heat in New England because I guess they didn't win by enough. And, boy, that's a luxury problem I'd like to have sometimes. But the Patriots, you had them on opening night when they took on the Steelers and completely steamrolled them with Roethlisberger. How surprised were you at that result, and how good do you think this Patriots team is going to be this year?
2: Well, here's the funny thing. Anybody who's been around the NFL, to me it's funny that that's the the reaction in New England right now. It just shows how successful that franchise has been over the last decade. Because the conventional wisdom in in and around NFL circles is, yeah, September is always the month where Belichick just sort of experiments. You know, I'm going to put this guy here and see what he can do. I'm going to go over here and run this play and see what happens. Or I'm going to use this personnel grouping (laughs) <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? It's sort of like an extended preseason with his veterans for him. And then in October and November, things usually ramp up. And I was looking at them the other day, and I know they had the close call against Buffalo, who I think is a better team than they have been in recent years. And my thought was, wow, the Patriots have gotten through September without a blemish. This Patriots team survived the tinkering month, the month where, you know, maybe they lose a game or two, and everybody panics, and then all of a sudden they're 13-3, and three and on their way to the Super Bowl again. This. Patriots team survived that month, and now they start to gear it up. To me, as long as Bill Belichick's the head coach and Tom Brady appears to still be Tom Brady, I don't care what personnel they have coming in or going out. I don't care if Antonio Brown was on the team for 12 minutes or 12 hours or 12 days. This team is still the team to beat for every single franchise in the National Football League, and they survived this month without a problem. I think that's a that's a scary thought for everybody else the rest of the way.
0: Kevin Kugler, Westwood One, joining us on Texans Radio. Okay, couple of other questions here. You do the Masters for Westwood One. Is golf a good radio sport? What do you think of golf on the radio broadcasting it?
2: (laughs) As one who's doing it, uh, I love it. No, it is. (laughs) Here's here's the thing with golf on the radio. It is the it's a challenging sport because. You have to paint every single picture that you can in a limited window because you've got to get to five other holes where action is occurring. So to me, it's just a, it's, it's the biggest challenge I have in a calendar year is trying to describe Amen Corner in the 30 to 45 seconds I have each time they come to me to describe something.
0: Well, do you have to call the whole thing off a monitor basically because there's just no way you can be looking at one hole and, and know what's going on with the rest of the tournament. So is that how you do it?
2: Well, you watch the rest of the tournament off the monitor, and you listen to the coverage that's going on, of course, and listen to what everybody's saying on every other hole. But, you know, where I'm sitting at Amen Corner, I've got the 11th green in front of me, and then to my right is the 12T and then, of course, 12 green. So I can see all of that without having to do a monitor. So I'm sitting out out there at Amen Corner, and now you're making me long for the spring and summer months that have just gone by. <laughs> uh, but now you sit out there at Amen Corner, and you, just, and you get to watch all the stuff that happens in front of you, with the context that yeah you've heard or seen what's happened on the holes previous to when you get there
0: yeah well we're still in the 90s in houston by the way so there's that okay so (laughs) i'm
2: I'm thinking about getting a coat to bundle up on sunday night in kansas city it's supposed to be only in the 60s oh
0: yeah we'll be there next week with the burnt ends i'm definitely going to have some of those all right so let's go to college football here the big 10 network you're operating on that and you know, it's an interesting league right now. I saw Ohio State and Nebraska, and then I looked away. Uh, what do you think? Is it all about Ohio State? Penn State off to a good start. What do you think of the league?
2: I think it's top-heavy. Um, I, and, I, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, because I also think the SEC is top-heavy. Their top, top may be a little larger than the Big Ten this year. But I look at Ohio State. Clearly, to me, Ohio State is on the same caliber to this point as Clemson and Alabama. People will scoff at that, scoff, if you will, You're going to be calling Chase Young's name next year, somewhere in the National Football League. That kid's a stud. He'll be a top two or three pick in the draft next year. He's their rush end at Ohio State. He's as good as anybody in the country. They've got a lot of talent like that on that Ohio State roster. So it all comes down to talent at college football for the most part, and Ohio State has as much talent as anybody else. So it's Ohio State, then Penn State's right there. They're young. They're talented. They're somewhat untested. They'll get a couple of good tests coming up over the next couple of weeks, including a night game at Iowa next week that I think is a really intriguing one. Iowa's a solid but not spectacular team. Iowa goes to play Michigan this weekend, and to me this is the the, the big test for, for the Big Ten this week. Can Michigan, who pounded Rutgers last week 52 to nothing, that prompted Rutgers to fire their head coach, can they show that they've bounced back from their loss to Wisconsin enough? Because they're the only other team that has the talent on paper in this conference this year, to be a major player at the national level. But if they play like they did against Wisconsin, they'll be a four-loss team by the end of the year.
0: Kevin, what do you think of, and I know that college football officials, for lack of a better way of putting it, the, the brass in college football has talked about the attendance situation, and I know you go a lot of places where that's not even an issue. It's just an amazing atmosphere. But I know you probably also go to some places where, ooh, these Gen Zers are not coming out in full force the way they might have a half a generation ago. What are your thoughts on that?
2: It's a concern for colleges. And, you know, you're, you're kind of – it's a double-edged sword in a lot of ways because you want the, the broadcast business to be strong because those television revenues are paying for so many of the upgrades that campuses are putting in, whether it's new facilities or new locker rooms or new whatever. Those are being paid for in part because of television revenue. So – You want television revenue to be strong, but because television revenue is strong and the television broadcasts are so good, people are saying, well, I'm not going to spend all this money on beer and on parking and everything else at the college level. I'm just going to stay home on a college football Saturday and watch nine games from across the country on my big screen TV. It's a big-time challenge right now, And, and I don't know that there's anybody in place currently to overwhelmingly address this from a college football standpoint there is a lot of there's a lot of discussion in college football circles about whether or not college football couldn't use some sort of commissioner or something along those lines to kind of oversee some of the big issues facing college football and the more and more you go down the road of looking at some of the things that college football has in store you wonder if a commissioner's position wouldn't be a bad thing for college football it's such an overwhelming sport more so than anything else at the college level maybe it's time for somebody to be the guy who sits on top of that sport and just sort of is the guy overseeing and running everything that you have in college football.
0: That would be quite a job. I mean, it's an endless list, and you're right; it's a good idea. Hey, Kevin. All right, so what's your next college game? As we're on the subject,
2: uh, Illinois, Minnesota this weekend, and mm-hmm. then uh, then we don't know. Uh, we're on the we're on the six day pick wagon right now, so <laughs> we have no idea. I'm working with uh, with former NFL linebacker Matt Millen on all my games this year yep. and we don't know where we're going so it's basically we go to Minnesota who's unbeaten and uh, they'll get a test from Lovey Smith's Illinois team this weekend and then who knows after that it's anybody's guess
0: it's mystery date <laughs> I love it sounds good it's
2: It's a mystery date we'll draw a name out of a hat and we'll go there
0: all right and Sunday night Colts and Kansas City that's on Westwood one heard locally here on Sports Radio 610 Kevin thanks so much for joining us
2: thanks Mark thanks for having me on
0: Kevin Kugler, Westwood One, Sunday Night Football, Big Ten Network, Texans preseason games on ABC 13 and the Texans TV Network. Yes, there is one. Now let's get to Houston Methodist Minutes. Like I promised, Dr. Travis Hanson, we're going to talk high ankle sprains, which is worse than it sounds. High ankle sprains, Dr. What's the difference? Why is this one one you want to avoid? Not that you ever want an ankle sprain, but my gosh, this is the one that you really don't want because it takes longer to recover.
3: Well, a high ankle sprain involves the ligaments between the two long bones in your leg, the tibia and the fibula. And they're nasty for athletes because they take a lot longer to heal than your garden variety lateral ankle sprain. We usually tell our athletes lateral ankle sprains, you might be back on the field in a week or two. Uh, And we tell our athletes with high ankle sprains, you may be looking at six to eight weeks or even longer if these require surgery. I'd say about 10 percent of the high ankle sprains require surgery, whereas a lateral ankle sprain is very, very rarely needs surgery.
0: When you have a lower ankle sprain, what happens? What physically occurs?
3: So your lateral ankle sprain, kind of the garden variety one, is sort of when you step awkwardly off a curb and you roll your ankle. You kind of roll on the outside of your foot. That's your guard variety lateral ankle sprain, which is different than the high ankle sprain.
0: So the high ankle sprain is an injury between the two lower leg bones, the tibia and the fibula. How does that get hurt? Is it hit hard, a contact injury? What's going on there?
3: It can be from contact. Basically, what usually happens is the athlete has the foot planted and then the leg externally rotates. And so either they you know, they catch their foot on the turf and they twist, or actually, they are rotated when somebody hits them. So it's an external rotation type of type of a mechanism.
0: Great information, Doctor. We appreciate the time as always. Thank you, Mark. Dr. Travis Hansen of Houston Methodist. For the fall sports season, Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is hosting sports injury clinics Saturdays for student-athletes across greater Houston. All designed to get you back in the game, keep you moving. You'll be evaluated by a physician. X-rays are available and other imaging as needed. For more information, log on to HoustonMethodist.org slash athlete, the official health care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Methodist Leading Medicine. All right, that's going to do it for the show. We want to remind all Houston area teachers, if you want Texans football in the classroom to help learn math, it's Toro's Math Drills presented by Phillips. Go to HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills to learn more about teaching math to third and fourth graders. All right, tomorrow night at 6, we'll be back on. Bill O'Brien, we'll have him. We'll have a special visit with a Texans player. We'll have the Deep Slant interview with Carlos Hyde and a whole bunch of other stuff. Thanks to everyone for tuning in and for participating in the program. Have a great night, and go Texans!